Hi, my name is Lisa, and I am a Texas-based nerd. I'm into all things nerdy, whether that be um, Star Trek, Star Wars, anime, comics, you name it. But my first love is actually movies. So when I wanted to start a podcast, I knew that that's probably what I was going to center it around. And so I came up with, I love that movie. And the reason I came up with it is because I feel like, you know, we have a lot of review podcasts. We have a lot of critics. Um, That's not what this is. This is just a love fest. So if you're looking for a completely unbiased opinion, look elsewhere. This is going to be just us talking about how much we love movies. And um, it's going to be really fun. So basically, each episode, I'm going to have a guest on, and they are going to talk about a movie that they love. So a movie that they grew up with, a VHS that they've worn out in childhood, um, a DVD that they broke from watching. I don't know if that's ever happened, but if it did, this would be that movie. So something that defines you. And so today, I have my husband here as a guest. Hello. Nick Ward. And this movie, it... I mean, what's the movie that you picked? It's Dark City. Yep. And, and everyone that knows me, it defines me to a T. It defines <clears throat> Nick. I, if it's, you meet him, he's um, he wears black. He's pale. Um, I have a weird bowler hat. He's um, a spider. Or I really a spider. Okay. Little he spider tunes. creature. A 1998 classic, uh, at least cult classic. 98, wow. Yeah, a long time ago. <laughs> 1998 Dark City. I say this is like a movie I love, and I was like, oh, wow, 98. Yeah. <laughs> well, when did you first see it? Do you remember? Um, I think I saw it in the days of Blockbuster, if anyone still remembers that. I think me and my mom rented it, and we watched it. And Do you know how old you were? If it came out in 98, I want to say I probably saw it late. That year, maybe the next year, it was still relatively new. It was like an. It was it one was of the new, but like not still in theaters. It was a a recent home release. Do you remember the new releases? How there would be a wall of them, and like you would just hundreds like hundreds, and there would not be a single yeah, one there. That's what I was gonna say. You like pray that they have a copy of it, and then you'd get up there, and there would just be a wall of just the the paper stand in, and you're like, damn it. You're like, and, I want to watch this, but oh. <laughs> and even if they had the the you know the plastic case it was so special you would have to go up to the front and they would put the disc in it i even remember when there was a choice between the dvd and the vhs type and that was like a different price. it was like a dollar difference or yeah. something okay so 1998 um i'm trying to think when i saw this i don't know like maybe a, a little while after it came out i definitely saw it on dvd um but anyway, um, the director of this movie is Alex Troyes. He also directed The Crow and iRobot. Um, and you were saying earlier, I like... I can definitely see The Crow influence. Yeah, it was very similar. In fact, I read that he... Not so much iRobot. Not so much iRobot, I, which I feel like... Yeah, anyway, yeah, we can get different. into that. Yeah, different. I just thought visually it's it's really stunning <laughs> for the budget that it had. I feel like they, they really went all the way... With what they had, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they had to make stuff work. They couldn't rely on post-production or whatever as much as some of these, obviously, because it was almost 20 years ago, but... Right. I mean, they had to... A lot of it was practical effects and... Yes, some which of is, it like, was, my love. Practical effects are, like... <clears throat> I mean, there was a I lot love. of, like, CG buildings moving around, but a lot of it was just miniatures. That's what I liked about it. 
I love that the whole movie was on a set because, you know, okay, this is not going to be spoiler free. We're just going to oh, dive no. into it. But because their world essentially is fake and it it's in a set. set, it makes the movie age well because we watched it last night in Blu-ray. So you definitely see like the green screen. You definitely see like... But th that adds something because yeah. it's not a real world. I guess we should have read the uh, synopsis of the movie. Yeah, I don't do stuff in I just watch a movie. Like, I like that. Uh, okay, uh, let me look on IMDb at the synopsis so that we can... Uh, John Murdoch awakens alone in a strange hotel to find that he has lost his memory and is wanted for a series of brutal and bizarre murders. While trying to piece together his past, he stumbles upon a fiendish underworld controlled by a group of beings known as the Strangers, who possess the ability to put people to sleep after the city and its inhabitants. Now Murdoch must find a way to stop them, and before they take control of his mind and destroy him. So yeah, that's I the plot. That I know. I'm like, that happened to me last yeah, night. A bunch of strangers. This movie was pretty well received uh, critically. It was very well received, actually, and uh, but it didn't make a lot at the box office, and that yeah. is because it opened the same week as Titanic. Ouch. So, ow. So just up until recently, like the highest grossing movie of all time. Which was poorly received by critics, but everyone loved, including me. I saw it in theaters, I remember, so. I just like the boat. I had a model kit of the boat. Mm, we could do a podcast about Titanic. I but, think that's, yeah. like, the most feminine you'll ever see me is if we talk about Titanic. Because I always hear, like, other nerds, like, ripping on Titanic so bad. But I'm, like, inside, I'm like, oh, I loved it. You know. Anyway. Back to Dark City. So, um. So, yeah. Uh, Roger Ebert uh, said it was one of the best movies of all time. He compared it a lot to Metropolis, actually. You know. And I could definitely see that. Yeah. I, I was thinking that when we were watching it last night. Mm-hmm. I uh, am very forgetful, so I didn't bring it up literally minutes ago when you asked me. But I did get a Metropolis feel, like all the the underground, all the machinery and everything. It mm -hmm. was very much like the opening scene in Metropolis where he sees that uh, industrial accident and freaks out. And everyone's like, oh yeah, that's just how it is. Yeah, I think uh, he said that... Um... Pretty dangerous, no railings anywhere. Yeah, yeah, you're right, no railings. OSHA would be all over that <laughs> if it was on earth uh, I know Roger Ebert said that it did tonally and message wise what the Matrix was trying to do immerse you in this fake world and I do feel that way I mean I love the Matrix but I feel like uh, it's almost I mean I, I think I like the Matrix even more than you do but it is the story's good but it is overshadowed a little bit by all the like the badass kung fu and gun stuff going on and i think that world feels truly expansive whereas yeah. when we were watching dark city last night i felt like i mean hearing that well, it was all filmed in a sound stage and literally yeah, there's you can see that several the scenes towards the end of the movie where they pan out and you see the whole like city in space and that's it it's not expansive there's nothing else to it really so the director we talked about a little bit earlier was Alex Troyes. Um, but yeah, he, he did this movie and um, it was kind of like his baby. And, and people didn't really see it or receive it the way <laughs> that he wanted them you to. Say that. I did know you were going to say that. Um, but, you know, it, it was done really well. And I think, I think it's open-endedness. And he said that he wanted it to be open-ended. And in some ways that can be a, a really big positive and in some ways, it's a negative because people may not see the vision that he had in mind. I almost feel like audiences now would be more open to it. I feel like it was one of, not the first, but it was one of the first movies kind of like that with such a 
unique idea. I feel like a lot of movies, every idea has been done by now. Yeah, so it was pretty unique. there's not too many that are that unique. I like the subtle sci-fi. That's why I like this one. Mm-hmm. More like I mean, hard I, I love Star Wars, like space and crazy crap like that and Guardians, but this was good. It's like... A little more cerebral. It's almost not... It's almost just like a 1930s nor cop drama. Okay, so let, let's talk about the actors. Right when the movie opened, you see the <clears throat> the main character, but but we play this game every time we see something we're like, who else could play that? And like, I feel like if they made this movie now, it would be Oscar Isaac. Cause Definitely. He's, he's in everything now. He's really good. And I feel like this is totally like a similar looking actor in a similar role that he would totally play. Don't look at my cheat card. Do you know the name of the actor? I do not. Okay, well, actually, don't feel bad because the the uh, actor's name is Rufus Sewell, and he is not recognizable on purpose. The director actually picked somebody that was no name because he he wanted you as the audience to watch this movie. He doesn't and, look like an actor. Yeah, and he doesn't look like someone you know. Like, you know, he didn't pick Brad Pitt or someone that was really popular at that time on purpose. He wanted it to be somebody who you felt some ambiguity with you don't know what his motives are because in the beginning remember i mean he may have murdered a bunch of people yeah you don't so I did mean, he or didn't he no he didn't because he's supposed to be the main character but you never know movies can go that way right and so they on purpose pick somebody who you don't know so you don't have all these you know expectations of when you start watching yeah, you're not like oh that's so-and-so no he's not a bad guy. yeah you're like oh brad pitt wouldn't do that or I keep saying Brad Pitt because I'm just thinking about, like... The 90s. Yeah. I'm <laughs> thinking about Seven, you know, Twelve Monkeys. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's why they picked him. But I agree. I, I feel like Oscar Isaac, especially a couple of years ago, would have been a great pick. Cause oh, yeah. We didn't... Like, before he blew up? Oh, yeah. Before Star Wars, yeah. Um, and then uh, I also read Kiefer Sutherland. He didn't think he was right for the role. He thought, oh, they're... You know, looking awesome. for my dad. Yeah, I know. It's like you can't really imagine this movie without him in it. And the director even had some misgivings. The uh, the doctor character was supposed to be a lot older, but in fact, like the character being younger, it just kind of added depth to the to the yeah, movie. It kind of made made it like the maybe the strangers don't. Well, they clearly don't know humanity very well. Yeah. So instead of picking like a well seasoned like scientist, they just picked a scientist. Maybe they didn't realize what they were doing. They're just like, okay, he's he's a genetic scientist. We need him for our experiment. I and felt like didn't his yeah look any deeper into it. I almost think he needed to be younger because that that made it more believable when he was willing to help um, the main character. Because mm -hmm. like an older guy would be like, oh well, and this is what I do now. You know, he's he probably wouldn't care that much. Yeah. About the um, the rest of the people in this weird, dark city. So dark. Um, Was there very dark? There's no sunshine. In this movie, I mean, I didn't forget, but when we watched it again, I thought, oh man, this is why I love Jennifer Connelly so much. I think she's like in my top ten, like most beautiful woman ever. Like she's so incredible. She's in so few things. So when yeah, you see her, you're you're right. like, Oh, that's her. She's so pretty. She. You know, she had the bold brows back when they weren't in style, when everyone was plucking their brows to non-existence. She was like, just check out my brows, guys. <laughs> I really loved her in this role. I thought she she fit that, like, noir woman really perfectly. 
Yeah, especially like the the couple like lounge singer scenes. That was really neat too. They were yes. done really well. They're so quick too. So you kind of like don't really get a chance to know her very well. You're just like, oh, okay, I guess that's what she does. I like the part of the movie where, um, <clears throat> you know, he tells her, he's like, we're not married. We're not in love. We've never met before. And she's like, I'm in love with you. You know, you, you can't manufacture that. You can't fake that. Um, you know, I think that's something that the uh, the strangers were never really able to grasp or... I feel like that's what they were trying to learn, but they didn't know what they were trying to learn necessarily. Yeah, because in the movie they're dying out because of... Well, they're collected. For some reason their race was dying off, and so they would take the dead and use their body as a vessel to look human, but they also abducted pretty much a bunch of people from Earth, put them in this weird little space set... And um, and they were trying to learn what individuality is and what it is to be human. For some reason, they thought that would help them survive. I think they were just trying to become human. Right. And maybe go back to Earth and live there. Oh, that's a good theory. I was, I was going to ask you that. Like, what do you think their endgame was? Does the Earth exist? On, this was like a test. I feel like they were planning on going back to Earth once they learn what human individuality is yeah i i think that's the message even on star trek with the borg is that as strong as the collective is that is their weakness also. yeah it's like individuality is is part of what makes us human and it's mm -hmm. the one thing that the strangers could never really grasp as, as much the, as they tried to understand it you know the one stranger that they imprinted on um john's psyche or whatever he kind of started understanding what it was like because he started, even though he didn't do it, he would relive experiences that John had that all the strangers never would have because they're collective. Right. Well, that made him like a um, more of a um, uh, threatening villain than the rest of the strangers because he was starting to understand humans a little more. So, um, like... I mean, they kind of remind me of the alien as well. Yeah, very like like we're saying earlier, their their underground layer is very Metropolis meets like Geiger art. Yeah, like weird. Like they've got this big clock that stops, and that's when they like tune the whole city. But it's like it's inside this weird metal head that opens up. Yeah, yeah. I feel like this movie. Why do you think it's so forgettable? Why do you think it didn't stay? in everyone's memory the way that the matrix and some other like big because 90s it's films. not an action movie yeah you're right it's a real it's a real thinker but i, I mean it's not like super like you gotta be a genius to get it but it is it's i mean there's a small thimble of action at the very end of the movie yeah and it's more of like a scanners type action scene they're just like shooting brain waves at each other i love really that it. you mentioned scanners that's something that i haven't the, the, watched with you this whole thing is we're just going to shoot movie titles out left and right that will probably come up at some point yeah um i really want to do a scanners episode oh i would love to do that because i haven't seen it series oh we should that would be fun well that concludes our first episode and i just want to take a moment to thank you guys for listening i really do appreciate it 
I will have another episode out for you guys soon. I'll work on getting an intro and some graphic art and just a community that we can kind of talk with each other about these movies. I'd really like to hear your feedback. If you want to give me a shout out, you can reach me on Twitter. My handle is at AYA Lisa Cosplay, all one word. So that's AYA Lisa Cosplay. If you message me on there, I will respond to you. Um, and I hope to hear from you soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye.